0: This is a Saddleback Church Podcast. My name is Jason Wheland, a spiritual growth pastor at Saddleback Church, and this is Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church Podcast, part of the Saddleback family of podcasts. On today's episode, we are starting a series focused on emotional health. It seems that there has been a bit of a cultural shift in recent years around how we view and talk about emotional health. It used to be somewhat taboo to talk about mental health and emotional health. If it was talked about, it was largely surface level readings or stereotypes. You would hear things like, oh, well, they just have anger issues or they just cry really easily or that's not a manly thing to do. Now though, we are seeing a reverse trend. People willingly and openly talk about their counselors. Uh, we see ads for counseling services on podcasts and TV and radio. And altogether, it seems like people are more intent on trying to get to the underlying factors that lead to emotional health issues. Today's guest is Todd Olthoff, a pastor of pastoral care at Saddleback. I talk with Todd about why we have seen this shift from emotional health being a hidden topic to talked about more openly. And then we look at how we can better learn to recognize and appropriately respond to our emotions. Now let's join my conversation with Taddletoff.
1: Todd, thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Oh, oh hey, no problem. It's an honor to be here and uh, talking about one of my favorite topics. So. Oh, Love oh it. good. Well, I'm glad it's one of your favorite <laughs> topics.
0: So I wanted to dive in a little bit because it seems like we've entered into this this era, this stage, this age we're in, or whatever we want to call it, around this greater emphasis on emotional health. Right. Mm. As I said in the intro, it used to be a bit taboo to talk about like having a counselor or a therapist. It was just went unspoken. Yeah. Uh, but now things seem to be very different. We seem to be a lot more of an open culture to talk about. I saw my therapist recently or I, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm dealing with this. I'm having these issues and that's seems to be now okay to talk about, which is a good thing.
1: Yeah, really good thing.
0: So I just wanted to to get your perspective. If you can talk a little bit about this new era of emotional health emphasis.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's much more acceptable now. And as we're seeing in society, emotional expression really is is happening without restraint in yeah. many ways, right? So emotions are driving all kinds of things. And we really did have a have a bit of a shift from a, from more rationalism being kind of the, the identifi- identifier of things. Right. And then emotion was kind of, I, I still remember on the, uh, on the four spiritual laws, right? The yeah. emotions with the caboose. Mm. And, uh, and so it just kind of drags along, which, <laughs> which the reality is our emotions impact us way more than just being in the caboose. Right. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of things that happen to us and a lot of the reactions we have come from emotions. And so over time, just, just what's happened in, in changes in thought. And I think in some of the postmodern thought stuff that was out there, it sure. got much more into emotionalism and that my feelings matter and so all of a sudden now we're, we've kind of entered more into a space where that's the case. And now with more awareness of feelings, we don't get training for that anywhere, right? So all of a sudden <laughs> I'm just all of a sudden, what, what do I do with this? I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't supposed to talk about them. Now yeah. I got to talk about them. So yeah. uh, what do I do with them now? Mm.
0: Yeah, it, it almost becomes a little bit of this free-for-all a little bit yep. of this, okay, now I, I'm, I'm open to talk about my feelings. It's encouraged to talk about my feelings. But at the same time, that can put your feelings then into this like space of, of of Uber care where it's Mm -hmm. like everything then is, it falls, um, a victim to my feelings. It's a, it's a little
1: bit like that first, it's almost like
0: swayed on the pendulum a little bit in terms of its importance.
1: Yeah. And for, and for a lot, in a lot of cases, what you're seeing is feelings dictating people's reality. Yeah. Now feelings are a part of their experience, Hmm. but a lot of times people take what's a part of their experience and then they let that dictate their reality. And so what you're seeing is a lot of, a lot of times people are having conflicts over things like, well, those are, those are my feelings and you can't challenge them. Yeah. And so they're using feelings as truth statements, let's say, as opposed to, you know, feelings, they're saying feelings are my convictions. Yeah. When really feelings are, are the emotional pieces that happen to me. Now I may make some choices out of those feelings to make some kind of conviction statements, mm-hmm. which may or may not be good. Cause those are sort of backwards. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, they're sort of used in the wrong lane, right? Uh, you know, our, our, our thoughts are designed for, you know making these these different decisions and things in our lives our feelings were never designed to make those kind of decisions our feelings were more designed to be soothed and comforted um uh, or in the case of you know if it's a bear right i don't sit around (laughs) and think about oh is this a nice bear should i talk no your body just says get out of here and run right and so and so a lot of times we just have emotions placed in the wrong places and then as a result you start to see a lot of the things that we see right now Mm. So so where I want to go
0: with this conversation is I want to be talking um a little bit about how we recognize our emotions mm-hmm. and then how we respond appropriately to those emotions right. like what you were just saying. Yeah. But first I want to talk a little bit about just this idea of why is it even helpful for us to be attuned to our emotions. Emotions come up in everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably everything that we engage with engages some type of emotion. So why is it helpful for us to be so attuned or thoughtful to what we're feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, basically to not address your emotions is going to make you at some level impulsive Mm. because again, unaddressed emotion is what impulsivity is all about. Mm. And so what we see in our society is is a lot of impulsivity. So it's helpful to address my emotions because they're there whether I want to acknowledge (laughs) them or not. And many times they drive the bus for people, right? And so we end up doing things going, why did I do that? Or we say things and why did I say that? You know, now I'm embarrassed and I, I reacted the big, the big word in our society now is triggered, right? So I got, I got triggered, right? Which, which means that my emotions took over. And, you know, when you look at it, uh, you know, God, again, God didn't design our emotions to be that part. So if you look at our brains even, right? We like to say right brain, left brain. It's not really cut up that way, but <laughs> we'll, we'll use that just for the sake of this purpose. Our left brain has more of the intellectual thoughts and those you know, rational processes. And on the uh, right side of our brain, we have our emotions. But what's interesting, our identity sits in the right side of the brain, right? Yeah. So all of our connections with people and everything are on that side. But also the right side of our brain kind of takes over when we're in a fl- fight or flight situation. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden now, my brain doesn't want me to think, and so my body now is working against my ability to address my emotion, right? Yeah. And so now I, I react, and that's kind of what a trigger is all about. So it's it's important to address them because otherwise you'll be reactionary, and that causes a lot of problems.
0: So how does our history or a, f- a family of origin, our background, mm-hmm. impact our emotional health today? I think there's a lot of talk around it and related to mental health. A lot of people can see how that yeah. can makes sense. But I think this the same is true with our emotional health. If you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, our, our histories play into it in major ways. I mean, when you look at um, how we attach and connect to other people, uh, emotions are a part of that attachment. And so in some families, if you never dealt with emotions, emotions are bad, right? Yeah. You're being too emotional or whatever. You can avoid those emotions. So you kind of go through life thinking you don't have them Hmm. Until they bubble up inside of you, get to about where you're frustrated to anger, and then they erupt, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody sees anger, but underneath all of that is sadness and all kinds of other stuff that's going on. Because I'm not going to look at them, I'm not going to address them. Yeah. Or in, in some families, it's just you know I, my emotions just run whenever I feel them, and they'll throw a you know tantrums or whatever happens, right, related to those emotions. And so now emotions are primary, and and everything else is secondary, and you have to meet my needs. I mean, there's all kinds of different things. Uh, related to emotions in families. Um, some some kids learn how to take care of their parents' emotions yeah. because they're anxious, right? Sure. And then they learn growing up that if I take care of everybody else's emotions, then I'm okay. Yeah, But that never addresses my emotions, yeah. right? So I'm stuffing them just like, uh, you know, someone would who wasn't addressing their emotions at all. Yeah, so.
0: or somebody may, may become a pleaser because they are so avoidant of shame. Is yeah. plays such a heavy emotional Definitely. toll on their right. life. Right. They become a pleaser, try to make everybody else good. Be, you know, present yourself in such a way right. that you either become a wallflower who goes under the radar, nobody can notice, or you just, you know, like overexert and be like, I'm going to be the perfect person because I don't want to feel shame in any other way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And all of that is driven by emotion. Yeah. So what you can see is you can see why emotions are important, right? Because there's literal life decisions and choices being made to either avoid or, you know, have an emotion taken care of. Yeah. And I could be doing that in a reactionary way. have no idea that that's what's driving all these behaviors I have. And this is why people mm. kind of coming back, go to therapy, right? Cause they're going, I'm doing things. I have no idea why I'm doing this. <laughs> I don't know why this is hitting me, but can you figure it out and sort it? You yeah. know? And so.
0: Mm. Can you talk a little bit about what is going on in the brain mm-hmm. when different emotions are happening? How does emotional processing happen? In the, as best as we can understand it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, if, if again, you, you emotions are, are, are really a part of our experience, mm-hmm. okay? So they're part of the experience we have of the world and of other people and all of that. So uh, I can have a, a, a relational experience of someone that caused me to be sad, right? Or I can have a relational um, situation that causes me to feel sadness. I can also have um, emotional situations that tell me that there's fear, right? And I need to be afraid and all of that. In the extreme cases, right, emotionally, you know, we know that, that, that in, our, in our brain, certain neurochemicals and things happen when emotions are triggered. Yeah. Sometimes, like I said, my left brain shuts down mm. because I'm not supposed to think, right? It's fight or yeah, flight. Fear or sh- yeah. yeah, one of the worst times to solve an argument is if your heart rate goes up because emotions will affect your heart rate and all of a sudden your, your thoughts start racing and everything else, that's the time to disengage yeah. from having a conversation of engage because now my body has taken over my thought process. And then nothing good is going to happen until all of those chemicals, everything settles down. Right. My body gets re-centered again. Yeah. Literally, when people say, you know, I, I feel like I'm out of my mind, well, in those moments, you kind of are right because your body's taken over, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're choosing to just go, ah, you know, it's the chemicals, they're just it going. is, <laughs> that's what's happening. I mean, we have choices in all of that, right? We can yeah. choose how to handle those emotions in those moments, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but but yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a it's a it really is a full body experience, so to speak, hmm. when those things happen. That's why some people will say, you know, when they feel sad, they feel it in their chest, yeah. or if you're anxious, you feel it in your stomach, right? Mm-hmm. So that happens, right? Because because my body now is engaged in what I'm feeling, and what happens if people don't address those feelings? Yeah, you could have major physical issues. Yeah, because you're stuffing them, and but they're still affecting you. Yeah, so. and that's where taking
0: the time to to stop and process what emotions you're feeling. Mm-hmm. It, you, it what it initially does is slows you down. Yes, slows down those bodily reactions, those chemical reactions. Exactly right. And then allows you to try to make an assessment or um, apply a best practice or, or a tip or a coaching thing that you've learned from a, a counselor. Yeah. You know, if you take that breath, because you, because you absolutely. have to stop the emotional, you know, the uh, a chemical reaction somehow. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Ab- absolutely. Well, and, and, and learning to deal with emotions on their terms. Yeah. See, a lot of times mm-hmm. we, we don't do any training on how to deal with emotions. So we create, we, we use terms kind of our terms for dealing with it. Sure. And emotions don't, don't live by that set of <laughs> rules. Right. And so yeah, I don't
0: care what you've described me as I'm going to operate in this way. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and understand that you have a whole bunch of emotions happening, usually all at once. <laughs> right. I remember I had a, I had a uh, had a client once and I remember we were in a session and he said to his wife, he said, okay, now you hurt my one feeling you know, like, you know was, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's so you didn't have is, a lot right? of understanding of his yeah. emotions we had to unpack yeah, that sure, a little okay bit. let's talk that through a little bit <laughs>
0: exactly that's hilarious yeah uh, so w- why do you think it can be difficult for people to t- recognize and then process their emotions it, like mm-hmm. I, I i have no doubt that there are plenty of people who are listening right now and be like you know you don't understand what you know, like what I'm feeling or, or, or what it, what it's like when I go through this or what's happening in my body. Yeah, for so, sure. So so why? Or on the other side, there's people who just don't want to engage with this type of thought. Right. Either they grew up in an environment where it was just not okay to talk about your right. emotions or how you're feeling and right. how that relates, or they're scared to you know to process something that is deep down within them. Yeah. So so what are some common uh, reasons why people don't want to talk about their emotions? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I think one of the things, emotions feel vulnerable. Mm. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't like to be in that position. uh, So they don't want to talk about those things. Uh, I think too, vocabulary. I mean, I don't think people understand, um, you know, what is an emotion? How do I label it? Mm. You know, and, and, and even if I label it, what does that mean? Who cares? Right. What do I do with it once I've labeled it? Yeah. And so I think people are, are a little bit scared of their emotions. Some, for some people too, they, they literally feel out of control. Sure, you know, and so let, let's just not do anything with emotion, hmm. and um, and so that's that's why a lot of times people people struggle with that, and and I think I I just want to say that you know God created this this way, right? God God gave us emotions. God's emotional. Yeah, I mean we see that over and over and over again in Scripture. So if that's the case, then then our emotions are a part of the image of God, and if that's true, then then they're okay to be addressed and looked at, hmm. but now we have to just understand how do they work <laughs> though, right? Yeah. So that we do it in a healthy way.
0: Well, and and just to know, like I think it helps people to realize it's taken us as humans like this long to get to where we are now yes. in understanding. In you know, as much as the brain as we do, which I'm sure there are things that we still don't even understand yet right. about how this all works. But also just to to have these names for different emotions to to recognize cause and effect within mm-hmm. the body yep. and, and and within how we apply those like it's, we've come a
1: long way. <laughs> we, we really have come a long way. And like you said, society has sort of caught up to it, right? Cause it, mm. it is more acceptable now. Yeah. So if things aren't acceptable, people tend to not want to do them right now. It's more acceptable. So now we have opportunity, right. Yeah. To, to educate.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's fascinating to think even like 50 years ago, right. It would have, you know, like he, it would have been weird to hear ads for things like better help or you know, these counseling services or oh, yeah. podcasts or the radio. Yep. And or it would have been it would have been completely like unbelievable if you're watching a show on TV and the manly man on the show yep talks about having to go to, to see his therapist in that afternoon or whatever. Oh yeah. But it's 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 commonplace now for yeah. people to talk about that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. It used it, to be defeat. Yeah. Right? Like,
1: oh it's that bad. You had to go see a therapist. Yeah. Right?
0: Or or, or, or it, Shameful of like, right. of like nobody else can know. Nobody else know, has to know this part about me, you know that right. stuff. But now, and I've seen that more in the younger generation. Yeah, for sure. We had um, at at Saddleback recently. We had a night of worship, mm-hmm. and a part of that night of worship, it had this moment of confession. Yeah, where we had pastors up in the front, and people were encouraged to come up if mm-hmm. they wanted to have prayer and mm-hmm. to. Confess with a pastor in a of prayer. Yeah. And the amount of young people yeah. who went up and who were just sobbing or crying or just like really just embracing that moment. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the biggest takeaway of the night for me Beautiful was just this generation. And I was talking with another one of our pastors about it and he called them the fearless generation it's like, it's this rise of the fearless generation just are totally willing to own their stuff. Yep. And just say, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through and it's, I'm struggling that life is hard right now. Yep. I'm dealing with this anxiety or I'm dealing with this stress or whatever it is. Yeah. And I just, it's this beautiful moment. It seems like we're entering with this generation who's going to grow up in this era of emotional health There's so much potential, I think. Oh, it's it's, really exciting.
1: It's unbelievable to watch. I watch it with my, even just my granddaughter. She Mm. can tell me exactly what she feels and what she needs. Right. And that's like, just blows your mind. And the thing you said too, I'm glad you mentioned like night of worship and all that, because our emotions are a real huge part of our spiritual development and our Mm. connection with Jesus. Mm. No emotions, no relationship. Yeah. I know about you, but I'm not connected to you or attached to you. And so, really important that as we analyze these emotions, we look at them, we understand how to work with them. That applies also into our into our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, totally. In a few weeks,
0: we're going to do an episode looking at lessons from the Bible on emotional health. That we're oh, so that's beautiful. excited for that. Beautiful. So, so I, I wanted to I wanted to get a little practical mm-hmm. in this to help people. Um, who may not have been to counseling yet or may not have given this much thought, mm-hmm. but hopefully you're listening and being like, you know what, I probably do need to try to m- master my emotions a little bit. Yeah.
1: Better. Yeah.
0: So could, what tips or advice would you have to help people better recognize mm-hmm. what emotions they are going through at any given time?
1: Yeah. Great question. I, I think I would start with, let, you know, let's start with what emotions are designed for, right? They're designed to be soothed, not solved. Yeah. So the reason I'm actually gonna identify my emotions is because I need to I, I need to understand what they are so they can be comforted. Hmm. I'm not gonna solve my way out of an emotion. So when you have an emotion, you have a feeling, it's important to understand that you're not trying to solve that feeling. Yeah. Because that's not what it's designed to do. Right. Now you're trying to get your left brain to try to figure out your right brain and and that's not gonna work in that moment, right? So so I'm looking for how to how do I get comfort for the emotion that I'm experiencing. Okay. So we'll talk we can talk about that yeah. a little bit. And I think it's important to understand too that emotions are temporary. Mm-hmm. they're not permanent. So I just make sure that that that's out there as well, that's because uh, a lot of times people feel these intense emotions and I just want to tell them they'll pass. Yeah, they'll pass. It's okay. to. And when we identify our emotions, we're going to identify them. But then sometimes we just sit with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel sad. I don't have to go eat a candy bar. I don't have to go do something else. I'm sure. just going to sit with that and just recognize that that's what's going on. And sometimes that actually, you know, helps with the, with the comfort of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll say this too is, is emotions bring clarity. Okay, because because I need clarity. I need clarity if I'm going to, um, you know, emotions bring the clarity that that I don't have because the emotions feel all jumbled. Mm. So one of the ways one of the ways we go about that is is uh, you know good a good old fashioned word list. Okay, so yeah. vocabulary is the biggest issue, and so you know you get a you get a feeling words list. You've seen these all over the place. You know, for kids they have the little faces. Faces. Yep. Um, but, but a list that has emotions with it within categories is usually helpful. Mm. Okay. Because you might say, well, I'm angry, I'm sad or I'm mad. Okay. But underneath that, like mad, it could be frustrated, could be, you know, all kinds of different things. So it, it brings more clarity, the more vocabulary I have. Mm. Okay. And what'll be interesting, people go, why? I don't, I don't know that I have any of those things. Well, when you take an issue or something that you're wrestling with, that's causing a lot of emotions, and then you start looking at it, how do I feel? your, 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 your emotion now is being washed through those words. Those words start to jump off the page. Yeah. And you start to go, Oh, it's that one. And it's this one. And it's this one. And usually what I'll tell people is, is pick three, you know, pick three emotions about the situation from different categories so that you have an idea of what those emotions are. Then the question becomes, comes, why did I choose that word? Mm -hmm. So what is it in the experience or whatever I'm going through that caused me to choose that word? Right? So I'm you know, I'm I'm uh, I feel betrayed. Well, okay, let's talk about that word betrayed. Why did you choose that? Well, because you know my friend you know told a secret to another friend. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a deep thing, right? That's a deep betrayal. Now I have clarity on what's happening inside of me. Now they may have just experienced anger, just been like ah, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing, but now they have clarity on that, right? Mm. So now once I have that clarity on on that emotion, now the question becomes, what do I need, right, for comfort for that emotion? Yeah. Now, it might just mean, hey, I just need to tell my friend and have my friend just know that and, and that I just need my friend to know that and say they're sorry. Mm. Or I may I may have I may be feeling sad and I just need a hug. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even need a word, just need a hug. Right. I mean, how many times do we over talk emotion? <coughs> we just need a hug. That, we just that's all we need. So so the emotions will point to the need. And that's where emotions bring clarity. Because what again? So what do I feel? Why do I feel it? And then what do I need for comfort? Very simple. I just keep, keep it in those three simple areas. And what happens is that brings clarity. I can't tell you how many times I've been in situations with my own emotions and I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm just mad, I'm mad at the world. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, right? Yeah. But then you sit down and say, what's underneath that anger? You know, because many times anger is at the top of the stack, right? I start going underneath that and I start going, wow, I'm, I'm feeling a little depressed. Why am I feeling depressed, right? Well, because this thing didn't work out for me or this happened. Now I have clarity. Yeah. Once I have clarity, now I can look for what I need for comfort.
0: Well, and I, uh, I love the idea of naming the emotions because yep. it takes the fear out of it too. If somebody right. is can, conf- if somebody is feeling scared by what they're feeling or they're feeling like just this this big feeling, mm-hmm. and you don't know how long it's gonna last, you don't know where it's gonna take you. Yep. Naming it. Yep. Is the f- is, is usually. Kicking, Called the first step oh, yeah. in defeating it, right? Like I've named my enemy, I you know how to vanquish right. it. Like I've named the feeling.
1: Very much now so now I
0: know now I can see okay. It's it's just this. It's just anger like it's That's it's right. anger or it's fear or it's betrayal, it's resentment, That's it's right. bitterness, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's so I, I I think it's really wise that idea of of having people choose three. Yep. Because people will usually automatically go to one of the big words. That's well, right. I feel I feel anger. Yep, I feel anger, but then having them choose two others, it forces them to really
1: think a little bit harder. Exactly.
0: It's really not just anger. It's exactly. anger because of something. So maybe you can choose
1: one of those other ones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's that's exactly how it works. And so then and that way you have you have that clarity. And here's the thing, right? A reading words list is super important, right? Because what we're trying to do in identifying our emotions is right now I'm taking my left brain to analyze my right brain. Right? Mm, so I'm yes. now I'm bringing in my left brain. That's good, yeah. What happens if I'm really triggered, I'm overwhelmed, right? And I've had those people come in, I'm just, Yeah. I'm upset and this kind of stuff, yeah. and then I go, well, tell me what you feel, and I give him a list. I said, you know, look at the words, right? Well, now what happens? What side of the brain do I use to read the list with? My left brain. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm not. Well, now I'm trying to read. All of a sudden, <laughs> the emotional intensity already comes down and it's cut in half. So the triggering now, it's cut in half because I'm forced to read, and now I got to analyze what's going on. So now it's starting to bring in a little bit of balance. Yeah. So that now I can really understand what I'm feeling and really understand what I need, so I can actually get the comfort as opposed to being stuck in distress. See.
0: But can you talk a little bit about <clears throat> how, because I, I imagine there are people who are listening, they're probably not in this mo- emotional moment right now. Yeah. Um, but for people who are listening, be like, well, it's hard for me to figure out what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some tips to help people to figure out what they need?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's, um, it's a, it's an experimental process because mm-hmm. everybody's a little different. Right. Many times when I'm feeling, but, but you can do a few things ahead of time, right? Yeah. So a lot of times when I'm anxious or fearful or whatever, I usually need some kind of assurance, mm. right? That, that things are going to be okay, right? Yeah. And so that might be the antidote to, let's say, those particular emotions. If I'm in the sad category or depressed or down or whatever, many times I don't need words, mm-hmm. right? I either need to just sort of sit with that and be okay with it, or I may need a hug. Yeah. Or just someone to come sit with me. Or, or something like that, right? So there's, a, there's an experiment with it, and it's really important to sort of understand, understand that, uh, that experiment. The other thing that's important to understand too is that your friends and family and other people do not know what you need. They can't read your mind, and that's very important because what ends up happening is people will, will say, "Well, I'm feeling sad." Then they look at you like, "Well, do something." How come you're not doing anything? Right? I don't <laughs> feel any better. Well, they, d- if you don't know what they, you need, they are not going to know what you need because they're mm. not mind readers. Yeah. Right. I always tell people, I said, I'm a mind reader. I'm just not good at it. right? <laughs> so, so they're not my help readers. me yeah. help you. Help me help you. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so I have to know, right. And if I don't know, other people won't know. Yeah. But one of the things I do know is I need that comfort. Now, a good place to experiment too, is, is in your relationship with the Lord. Mm. Is just to say, Lord, I'm feeling this. You look at the Psalmist, right? I mean, you look at the Psalms that are written, man, yep. they, He's pouring his guts out there. He's just, he's just emotion after emotion after emotion. And in the middle of just bringing that, bringing that to him, there's clarity that comes out of it. You always see this clarity at the end, right? Yeah. That, that the Lord was there with this and he was oh, there yeah. in this and he was there in this. So, um, so it's, it, that the, the need is the most difficult part that that for everybody. That's the most difficult part, but it's experimental.
0: Now it struck me as you were describing these different types of possible needs, mm-hmm. they seem very tied to the five love languages into attachment styles. Because you're talking about, I just need a hug. Well, maybe they're a physical touch, love language person. Uh Or I just need to feel safe. I just need to be told I'm safe. That may be a words of affirmation or quality time person. Sure. So is there a tie, I'm guessing yes, but is there a tie between our emotional health and and how we process our emotions with these love languages or attachment styles?
1: Yeah, especially attachment styles. Yeah. um, Because different attachment styles have different kind of core wounds. Mm -hmm that, that have different needs that need to be met. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for sure. And, and with love language, sure. that That's a good place to start in my own thinking yeah. to say, Hey, these things, you know, sort of cause me to feel close to somebody or comforted. Mm. So maybe I'll try that. Mm. Right. And, and let's, let's, let's try that. And, and, and literally it can be an experiment. Well, yeah. I, I think maybe I need a hug. Okay. Let's try it. Man, that wasn't it. Yeah. You know, so can maybe we doesn't it doesn't work every
0: time to say, ah, I, I need a gift.
1: Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. The gift, the gift doesn't. Well, the gift doesn't always work, You're like, right? Yeah. Well, maybe For, a different type
0: of gift. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> For some thinking. people, you know, an
1: ice cream cone does work. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> but yeah, so there, so there is a little bit of that, and and based on who you are, right, and yeah. what and what and even what your family of origin mm. did or didn't do. Mm. That's another place to go, right? When, in my family of origin, what did I wish would have happened when I had emotion? Yes. Right, or what did work? right? And if I had a more healthy, you know, situation, what did work and go to those places and remember, and then try that out. So, mm,
0: yeah, that's interesting. So, so that seems to be the first part of emotional, uh, health a little bit is to be able to identify, to recognize mm-hmm. and to start to process through. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about then the other side mm-hmm. is how to respond appropriately. Mm-hmm. So say like, you know, anger seems to be a kind of an easy one to talk about yeah, in that right, case right. of just that idea of okay, I can recognize that I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I've 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 sensed what I need to calm down. Yep. You know, but how do I then respond appropriately? Even though the anger is probably still there underneath. Yeah. How can we help people? Or are there tips to help people respond to their emotions? in a healthy way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, it, it's very important that just because you have an emotion mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's okay to do whatever you want. Like some, some people have that response, right? Like you it doesn't made give you me, a blank check. <laughs> no, you made me angry. Therefore, whatever you get from me is your fault. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we're not really let off the hook for that. And nor, nor does anything good come out of the other side of that. Right. Cause now you could have two people, who have high emotions. And this is what we see all over the place. We see it in society. We see it in, in families, right? Yeah. In, in marital conflict, different things like that. Mm-hmm. So, so part of the, part of the um, way of handling it appropriately is, is to remember that my emotions are my emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they're my responsibility. Mm-hmm. They're not somebody else's responsibility. Now the other person can help comfort those emotions, right? But what I ask for for comfort and an appropriate response yeah. has to be something that uh, that is doable and that the other person agrees to, right? So if I say you know, well, what I need for comfort is for you to admit that this entire conversation is, is your fault. And if you <laughs> just admit that I would feel better. Well, that's not, that's not going to happen. Right. That's not how that that's not how that works. Unless right? you're dealing
0: with a people pleaser who just wants the, the, all the chaos to end or, or, you know, correct. <laughs> correct. There are, yeah, exactly. But that, that's still in an area of unhealthy ways of doing it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and, and I think too, you know, if you're asking somebody else to comfort you, yeah, we both should feel pretty good about that. Mm. So if the other person's going to, you know, I want you to go through pain for me to feel better. Okay. Then that's not a healthy way of handling your emotions. Yeah. Right. It's got to be something where, where those are the case. So got to slow down, mm-hmm. right? Got to slow down, get away from reacting, right? Cause I want to move from reaction to response. Once I look at that list, once I get my brain centered, right. Then, then I, I, I actually can, res- I can respond in healthier ways. Well, and I love that idea that it's okay to
0: take a, breath, to to take a step away, Yep, you know, if you're in the heat of the moment, Mm -hmm. it's probably best for everybody. Just say, yes, I'm going to take five. Yep. I'm not going far and I'm not done with the conversation. Yep. I just need to catch my breath and I need to get myself into a place where we can make things better together. That's right. Um, So I'll be right back. (laughs) But exactly. even, even being able to say that, to acknowledge that, takes some growth to be able to get to that
1: point. It, it, it really does because it's, it, it does. Because it, taking the break, knowing your own body, knowing what's going on, that you're not thinking straight, yeah. and then disengaging is really hard to do. I, I tell people all the time, too, you, you can have feel my pain or you can have comfort my pain, but you can't have both. Mm. So if I'm going to take my emotions out on you, yeah. I can't expect then you're going to comfort my emotions coming back. Okay, the dump that I did on you and how I hurt you means makes it impossible for you then to comfort my emotion. Yeah. So, so that's part of that regulation part two of stepping away because do I want comfort here, right? Do I want the other person to really understand and connect with what's going on for me? Or do I just want them to feel my pain and take out all my anger and everything on them so that they feel what I feel? Yeah. Well, now I got two people feeling the same thing with no one to comfort. Hmm. And so it's really important that you can't have both of those together. And, and, and and so if, if I really want to get comfort, I need to step away. I need to deescalate my body. Right. And some of the breathing stuff, you know, you got the little thing on your watch that (laughs) helps you breathe right to slow (laughs) things down. And we kind of laugh at that, but it's actually very in tune with physiology and everything else that we know. Uh, and, and it starts to slow things down so then I can start to think about it. Now I can come back actually expressing my emotion. Hmm. Because anger is a secondary emotion, right? So in in so many ways. So there's a lot of more vulnerable emotions under anger. Well, if those never get expressed, I can't comfort anger. That's the one important thing. I cannot comfort anger, Mm. right? When you're punching me, I can't give you a hug. (laughs) See? Yeah. So. That's true.
0: It seems like a big habit that would be important for people to practice, develop, is forgiveness. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just for others but yeah. for yourself yeah realizing if this is new to you oh yeah you're probably not going to take that step back that breath every time no you might find yourself lashing out in whatever emotion it is yeah that's right and then you realize ah <laughs> i didn't do you know so right. being able to forgive yourself being like i yeah you know, i have to give myself grace yep. i'm learning and you can apologize i'm learn i'm i'm trying yes i'm trying to do better at at controlling these mm-hmm. bursts of emotion but also if you have a stronger habit of being quick to forgive others yep then anger is easier to subside it doesn't boil up as high sure as it as it probably would otherwise
1: oh absolutely and and the thing the thing too is grace so here's the interesting thing about grace so when i blow it mm-hmm. but then i come back and i tell you i blow i blew it and i'm sorry yeah The emotion I generate in you, right, is one of compassion in that moment. Mm. So I'm drawn towards you when you're, when you're able to say, I'm sorry, when you're able to own your own stuff and put it out there, I'm drawn towards you, not away from you. Yeah. So immediately there's comfort that happens and an attachment that happens in that moment. Now, if I forgive you in that moment, I complete that loop and now there's a connection. The emotions change. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So, so it literally at the bodily level, right? And, and all of that, uh, those things come into alignment. Yeah. Uh, in that moment. So you can, if you blow it, and you'll blow it. We all do, <laughs> right? There's nobody that uh, hasn't blown it. Yeah. Not, not this side of heaven. But when you're able to come back to repair, many times the repair is is just can be just as comforting, right? It can yeah. be just as relieving, okay? Obviously, we don't want to have to repair. Yeah. But if we do, that coming back, it's, it's just so beautiful how Scripture has that set up. A few weeks ago, we did um, a conversation with Henry Cloud
0: mm-hmm. on his new book, Trust, yeah, and we talked about building that trust muscle. Yep, and a part of that is that is that making yourself uh, available in in relationships, in in safe relationships. Yeah, to be vulnerable. Yep, and that as you grow in that deeper relationship through vulnerability, through accountability, yep. through th- through empathy for one another, through compassion, mm-hmm. then whatever emotion comes up or you're feeling. That other person is going to be more for you in that moment. It's going to know you better. For sure, is going to be able to say, "I can see what's I I can see your you know." So it, it, in our house, we call it the angry ladder is a thing that yeah. we use. With oh, our that's kids. Good. Yeah, I can see you're climbing up the angry ladder right now. Is yep. that where you know? It, what can we do to start taking steps back down? Yes, the angry ladder.
1: Oh, that's great. No, and that's absolutely true. And in, in, in in the process of regulating my emotions, I build trust. Yeah. Right. Because Mm -hmm. now you're you're showing your vulnerability. Right. And you're that's all attachment, which is what you're talking about. Absolutely. And it it does. It builds it builds a connection. Right. And that's and that's remember, emotions are a part of an attachment and a connection. Yeah. And that's why that's so important, even in our walk with Jesus. Right. That we have the emotional pieces together. Right. Mm. Because there's an attachment and a connection to him. Right. That isn't present just intellectually. Right. I, yeah. It's different to know Jesus himself than to know about Jesus. Yeah. I need to know about him. <laughs> right. Yeah. But to know him. Right. There's a there's a uh, there's an emotional connection. And again, that's what David captured so well in the Psalms. Psalms. I, I, can you talk a little bit about the
0: benefit of starting young with this? So for so, oh. so for parents who are listening, yes. starting this emotional health um, understanding
1: and uh, intelligence in kids. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, about the benefits of that? Oh man, huge, right? Every parent, right? Has dealt with temper tantrums and temper tantrums are just emotional eruptions yeah. because something didn't go a particular way or whatever. I got a four and a two year old. Oh, mean, there I'm you go. Look, right. Mean? <laughs> right. And everybody who goes, yeah, that, that won't be my kid, <laughs> you know, doing the thing in the aisle and everybody, yeah. you, you know, it, you, you will <laughs> all find yourselves there. <laughs> so yeah, if you're thinking that it's going to happen to you. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, when we do that, when we work on that with our kids, right, what we're giving them is a gift. Think about how hard for most of us when we didn't have that situation in our households, how hard it has been to even understand emotion, mm-hmm. how reactionary we may have been, all the work it takes to get the vocabulary and what I need and yeah. all that stuff together. When we start young with kids, kids are very open to that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, kids are, are, are sort of naturally vulnerable, right? They're just, they're just open to all that kind of stuff. When you give them a language to what's going on inside of them, yeah. And then you're available to comfort the emotions they share out of that, out of that language. What you're doing is you're building in them uh, a strength and a trust that when they go into relationships, yeah, they have confidence going into those relationships. Mm. They know how to comfort somebody else. They know how to sit with somebody else's emotions because their emotions have been sat with. They know how to share. They're fine with all of those kinds of things. And now what you're setting them up for is healthy marriages, yeah. ha- being healthy parents themselves, healthy, re- healthy relationships with Christ, the whole thing. Yep. By, by just taking the time to educate at a young age and boy, you know, kids are already wired that way. I think in many cases, sometimes our, some of our negative backgrounds Mm -hmm. sort of move emotions out of us, right? Into, into the corners. Yeah. When they're fully present for kids, Mm -hmm. kids are very, kids let their emotions out there by nature. Yeah. No, I think there's, and there's
0: so much benefit, like. Because your kids will see you at your best and at your worst. Mm-hmm. So they will see oh, yeah. your emotional outbursts, the things that you know, that those times and being able to come back to them yep. and to talk with them through it and to apologize. It that that sets them up for so much success too. Oh to yeah. To see like, okay, I can be the type of person who says I'm sorry and who talks through things yes. to people. Like that's that's modeling. Absolutely. It's, it's not just having the paperwork in all the books. It's also that modeling of saying I mess up too.
1: Yeah. One of the yeah. best things we can give to our kids are those tools, teaching them how to think. Yeah. Right. A lot of times we focus on obedience. You got to learn how to obey, but yeah. teaching them how to think about things, teaching them how to process things yeah. so that that way, no matter what the situation is later, they have the tools to take care of, you know, take care of that yeah. and process that as an adult. So beautiful stuff. I hope we've talked through a bunch of,
0: of great tips and ideas today. Where can people find resources to help them like like a word chart for the vocabulary for emotions. Is there is there a place, is there other kind of tools or resources we can point people to?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, word charts, you can find them all over the internet, right? You do the search for word lists yeah. and you'll get, you know, every therapist has those up there. So you'll get <laughs> all <true>. kinds of <laughs> word lists. So so any one of those, and you kind of find one that works for you. Some are visual with a, like a chart and a circle and stuff like that. Yeah. um, I, I could probably get you one that we could put into the uh, be great. the show, notes, the show yeah. notes that uh, that people can, can, can download. That'd be great. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, those th- those are available. Are there are there any um,
0: books that you would recommend, kind of to to help people on this on this journey?
1: Wow, you know when you look at books on emotion, and yeah, you got me. On that <laughs> I was going to say I I'll give you some you suggestions. We can put them. Yeah, we can <laughs> put them put them in the show notes. But <coughs> I, I do think you know a lot of the um, exploring the attachment stuff is important if you're in yeah. a married relationship or. Or something like that. Uh, even, even if you're not just to explore what your attachment imprint is. Yeah. Uh, so how we love uh, by mm-hmm. Mylan and Kay uh, Yurkovich who, to attend here. Excellent book. Um, if yeah. We did an
0: episode on that book uh, a number of months ago. So I'll put the links to that and to the one that we did on the five love light. Well, th- th- that was the one on the five love light.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, and they, and they have, um, you know, in there a lot of just, you know, some tips on uh, how to handle that depending on your background. Right. Yeah. It, it connects those things together. Um, and I'll get, I'll get you some other ones that we can okay. take a look at as well. So the show notes will be plenty
0: of rich for you friends. So make sure to check those out and look them up. I wanted to, to, I, as a final thing for anybody who is maybe recognizes that they could use counseling, mm-hmm. but they're fearful of it. Yeah. What type of advice would you have for people to, you know, or encouragement for people to seek that additional help if needed?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, people, you know, people fear counseling for a couple of reasons, right? Number one, they think, well, I, I, I have to be really bad to go to counseling. Yeah. Right. No, you don't. This is, that's, that's, I mean, in fact, the time to go to counseling is before it gets <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Right. It, it's when you it gets really bad that it's harder to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go earlier. The other thing too is I think there's just sort of that fear of, of focusing on myself and, and I would just say, Hey, that's normal. I mean, we all wrestle with that. There's not a, I mean, the, the therapist you're talking to has wrestled with their own stuff and mm-hmm. may probably still is wrestling with yep. their stuff because that's how this works in, uh, this side of heaven. Um, so I, I just encourage you to kind of, to kind of go through that. The other thing is, is it's all confidential. So we don't, there's no like therapist <laughs> club where people share stories. Oh, you should hear this one or that guy. No, it's not like that at all. <laughs> so, so give yourself, you know, give yourself the permission to go and just share and, and it's a safe place. It's confidential. And, uh, and, and just, just go through and just, and just talk and share and see where it goes. Yeah. It really is helpful. And, 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 uh, the tools you'll get out of that are, well, you'll, you'll see they're just, you know, way beyond what you could do just by yourself. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Todd, for your time. Really appreciate it. You got it. And th- Thank you for walking through our church, uh, you know, on this journey for emotional health and helping people, and for everybody who is listening to this episode. I'm sure, I'm sure it, there's there's so many great things, and it's going to be a great first step for people on this journey towards emotional health. So thank awesome. You. Well, thanks for having me. Anytime. Love it. Friends, we'll be back with another uh, episode of Doable Discipleship next Tuesday.